it's time for Silver and Black Today Game Day. We're breaking down the Raiders' upcoming game and bring you in-depth analysis from National Football Insiders. Let's get the nation fired up. Here are your hosts, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. The playoff wind is a Raider. On the banks of the frigid Ohio River, the Ragtag Raiders face the Bengals today. Victory on their mind, but can this team, this resilient team, led by a field general pushed into service and a veteran quarterback with something to prove, can they defeat the Cincinnati Bengals? We'll find out. <laughs> Welcome back. Silver and black today. Yes, I am no John Facenda, but I could not resist. I mean, it is game day. It is playoffs, Raider Nation. We got to get you fired up wherever you're listening to us. Are you down at Lot D at Paul Brown Stadium in downtown Cincinnati listening to us right now on the Odyssey app? Or are you in Las Vegas listening to us? On the fan 98.5 in Las Vegas. Either way, we're here with you on a Saturday. That's right, a day early because the Raiders are playing today in their first playoff game since 2016, looking for their first playoff win in 19 plus years. Welcome back. Silver and Black Today Game. I am Scott Branson, joined by my co host, my partner here. That is Mr. David Stepanian, who grew up a Raiders fan in Los Angeles. David, uh, it, it's exciting. I mean, what a week for Raider Nation building up to this game later today down at Paul Brown Stadium, not too far from where I'm sitting right now. Um, this has got to feel good for Raider Nation. They got to enjoy the moment. No matter what happens in the game, it's good to be back in the postseason. Oh, absolutely, Scott. I mean, uh, I can't believe we're sitting here after the whirlwind of a season we had. Uh, I, it, it's really, uh, especially being at that game last Sunday, Sunday night football, what an intense atmosphere. I, I got to tell you, if you told me a month, month and a half ago, this team is going to the playoffs, I, I'd call you crazy. This, this seemed like the furthest thing from reality not too long ago. No, it's that's fair, and and I've I've done the Mia Culpa all week. I was on Sports Not with uh, with Carolyn Mano video interview with her, of course, the great NBC national television correspondent um, who covers sports for Sports Not. Um, I did a video with her, and I told her, I said, "Listen, I when they were six and seven, I pronounced them dead. I was I was ready to say, okay, well, you know what? It's a tough year. You, you can't blame them. They got too many injuries. They got too many issues going on. Uh, let's start to think about next season. But I was wrong. I have no problem admitting when I'm wrong because I've been married 25 years and I get told I'm wrong all the time. So it, it's nothing new for me, right? But with this Raiders team, David, the thing that strikes me about them is that anytime you think that they're dead and, and they're down on the mat and they can't get back up to answer that eight count, they get back up and they surprise you. This Chargers game last week, what an amazing game to end the season to make the playoffs. I mean, there's so much that we could talk about with this game, and I don't want to focus too much on the pass. I want to focus on today's game in Cincinnati here. But what I want to do is talk about how this team. I mean, there were several times during that game, David, where I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to blow this lead. And then they do blow the lead. 
But you know what? They don't give in. This team does not quit. It has every reason and had every reason since week five when John Gruden was fired to quit, and they just never have. Yeah, and uh, you know, when they had that 29-14 to 14 lead late in the game against the Chargers, too, you just knew it wasn't safe. <laughs> I mean, with what this team has been through all season, you yes. knew the Chargers were going to come back and tie the ball game. You knew this game was going to go to overtime, and you knew it was going to be a dramatic finish because that's the storybook season the Raiders have had. Uh, this has just happened time and time again. And yeah, after Gruden, the whole Gruden mishap happened, uh, and going to New York, losing to the Giants, losing five out of six, going six and seven. I mean, uh, the, 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 the odds were stacked against the Raiders. I mean, there's, there's no other way of putting it. And even when they won those games against, uh, Cleveland, Denver. I mean, they 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 weren't pretty wins by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, those were you couldn't be too excited from those wins, but a win is a win. And sure enough, those two wins led into Indianapolis, and they led to Sunday Night Football against the Chargers. And those two wins became four, and here we are now. I mean, yeah. I I was thinking for a time in in overtime. I. I, I guess they were playing for a tie at some point. <laughs> oh, that debate. That, well, well, I mean, and Carlson, there was like a post-game sound of Carlson telling someone on the Chargers, uh, we were going to go for a tie before you guys called timeout. So, yeah. I, I mean, just here we are playing Cincinnati, which is, which is probably the best matchup they could have asked for yes. uh, as a wild card. Yeah, and that's um, and that's no I mean, knock. That's no knock against Cincinnati, by the way. It's not. No, it's not, not that. It's, it's it's about matchups. Yeah, go just just from a matchup perspective, winning that game and getting the five seed was absolutely critical uh, for this team. Yeah, if not, we would be talking about the Raiders kicking off tomorrow in Kansas City. So, um, and that's not been a great place to play. Not that the Raiders wouldn't love to knock the Chiefs out of the playoffs. I think that would be uh, a part of a chapter of an amazing season with all that they face this year. Uh, but but the, the game, listen, the game, I watched it again on Thursday night. They had it on NFL Network again uh, and watching pieces. I've been watching pieces of film. Just remarkable how many ups and downs. I mean, the game itself could be a TV movie. That's how crazy it was, including the tie scenario, which I went in and I sat down to watch the game on Sunday and and said there's no way this is going to be even close to a tie right <laughs> and it's scripted just like somebody uh, and you have family in the movie business there was somebody that was out there writing the script and passing it on it was it was crazy how that happened but the one thing I'm going to highlight here because we talk a lot about it not because we always want to but because people always make it an issue and that's Derek Carr listen Derek Carr haters you have to shut it because listen I don't care what you think of Derek Carr. I've always said, Mo and I on our on our Friday night show down in Southern California, we always talk about Derek Carr being that second tier quarterback, you know, not quite top ten, but in that ten to fifteen range. There's no that's not an insult. That is what we think he is. That's what I think he is. But I will tell you this. Over this four game stretch, Derek Carr has not played quote unquote his best statistical football. But what he has done is what all of you who hate Derek Carr have been saying he has to do, and that is win. Okay, so now I see people out there, David, saying, well, yeah, but he's got to do better. He, he only had 186 yards and he had this and he had that. It's like, wait a minute. 
you, you can't play both sides of your mouth. You can't say this guy sucks. Oh, yeah, he puts up stats, but he never wins. So now he's winning and he gets you in the playoffs. And now you're saying he needs more stats. I mean, it's it's maddening and all that matters. And I said this middle of the season when I recommended that they might have an amicable divorce after this season, which I no longer think will happen. But I said it, David. I said, listen, it's about the W. That's the stat that matters. I don't care if Derek Carr par, uh, passes for 20, 24 yards and, and wins the game. It doesn't matter as long as they win and move on. Yeah, and uh, Rich Gannon actually tweeted that too uh, before the season finale when they were talking about Carr breaking Gannon's record uh, out, of, out of 17 games. And they said, hey, that was a Super Bowl season for, you, for Rich Gannon. Yeah, and uh, he said, you know, the only statistic that matters is win. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the day, it doesn't these these records that have been broken, car time and time again. At the end of the day, it's wins. And if he can lead this team into Cincinnati, that's going to be huge. Now, as a as a betting degenerate, I love looking at the <laughs> statistics. Uh, and the car haters might like this one. Um, Derek Carr is 0-5 all-time below 37 degrees. Yes. And the Raiders have never scored more than 17 points in those games. But the argument goes both ways. I mean, when the team had lost 5 out of 6, D.C. was still in the top 3 for passing, and he was still putting up over 250 yards in those games. Uh, regardless of what happens at Paul Brown Stadium, Carr, Carr is the guy. I'm sure we'll get some crazy Russell Wilson rumors, and I'm starting to hear... Rockstar coach trades like mm-hmm. Tomlin and Peyton, like these. We're, I'm sure we'll get these rumors uh, down the road, but for today, for right now, regardless of Saturday's outcome, I think I think Derek Carr is the guy. Yeah, I, there's no doubt. I mean, and again, I, even for those people that I can have respectful discussions with about the Raiders at some point moving on from Derek Carr, there's no alternative at this point. And not only that, but if you're if the reports Thursday, Adam Schefter reported he was on Mad Dog Radio and said that he doesn't believe Rich Bisaccia thinks he has a chance to keep his job, uh, and, and and I've said that all along, actually. It's nothing against Coach Bisaccia, who's done an amazing job and deserves a massive bonus uh, and all the credit in the world, but I don't think he's a long-term answer. Unless you win a Super Bowl, then you might have an argument with me. But other than that, I think they need to find somebody who's going to be there and help them build the future. That said, if you want to bring in one of these top coaches, one of these guys, if you look at all of the other coaching openings, they all have quarterback problems, okay? The Raiders are one team that don't have a quote, unquote, terrible quarterback situation. So so the Raiders, uh, you know, they, they're going to steady state it. They're going to keep with Derek Carr. I don't disagree with that. I think you give him an extension. Um, it doesn't have to be a long one, and you can build all sorts of outs, give him his money up front, so that if you want to move on in two years, you can do that with a young quarterback. That's totally fine. But for right now, I agree with you. That's the other thing I want to talk about, David. Today, against the Bengals, I believe, and we're going to talk keys to winning the game and our predictions later in the third segment of the show with, with not only David and I, but also our, our colleague Mike Dixon is going to join us uh, from Vegas Sports today as well to discuss it. Uh, but, but David, I think one of the keys is running the ball. Right, You're going to have cold weather. The wind chill here in Cincinnati uh, today is already... Uh, in the teens, low teens. It's actually 10 right now. It's going to get up to about 15 at kickoff and then tail off again as the sun goes down after 5.30. So so it's going to be cold, to your point about the record with the Raiders. And I know that's been a criticism of Derek Carr, too, winning in the cold. 
That said, running that ball, if the wind does pick up, it gets very windy here in Cincinnati. The stadium is right on the Ohio River, and it can start to whirl around there. It's very difficult to pass the ball. Okay, if that's the case, either way, they have to run the ball. Josh Jacobs, over the last three weeks, has been the Josh Jacobs of old. I love it. I think it's important for this team to continue to run the ball effectively like they have, and Josh Jacobs is a key to that. Uh, But I will say this. Josh Jacobs, everybody right now loves Josh Jacobs, and everybody wants to give him another contract based on the final three weeks. That's short-sighted and and too early to discuss. But when you look at Josh Jacobs, David, um, is there any is there any question that he's got to have a good day today here in Cincinnati for this team to 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 win? I think I think no no doubt about it, Scott. I mean, Josh Jacobs needs to play exactly like he's played in those last three games. And uh, look, it, Josh Jacobs was huge in those games. He was averaging over 100 a yard, 100 uh, per game in those in those three games. Even the indie game when he had 63 yards, he was huge on third downs. Mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm. the Bengals rushed defenses 13 in the league, and they held JJ to 37 yards back in November. JJ didn't have a great game back then, but he wasn't having a lot of great games back then either. Yeah. This is a, a different Josh Jacobs that we've seen in the past few weeks. He's been consistent. Uh, he's shown he's he's tough. He's been great at breaking tackles. That's going to be huge. And I think, like you said, this cold weather is going to be a huge factor. Carr isn't great in these spots. I think it's up to JJ to pick up the slack today and, and win the game. Yeah, and I think Darren Waller plays into it. I know he said in his press conference midweek that he has shaken some of the rust off. That was evident, and you, you expect that. You don't expect a guy to be out five weeks and come back and light the world on fire. It just doesn't really happen that way until you get into game. So I think he'll be better off. I think you're going to have to use that short passing game depending on the wins. So far, the wins are not an issue, but they could be. Uh, later on as there's a snow and the snow staying out by the way they're supposed to it's supposed to come in on Sunday instead uh, and have a three inches or so 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 I think that they're going to miss that piece of it which is good news but I think you're going to have to move the ball and you're going to need this threat they're they're focusing on Hunter Renfro Hunter Renfro today I think will have a big day but he's also going to be double teamed and they're keying in on him as we've seen the last two weeks since the, the the world finally paid attention about this great slot receiver that the Raiders have in Hunter Renfro so it'll be interesting to say the least but I just say this and I know we're talking about today's game but guys don't start giving out contract extensions based on three games I don't care how important the games are and I like Josh Jacobs I still don't believe he deserves a yet a second contract yet um, he's got his option, obviously, next year. I fully expect him to be back next year on the option, but I don't expect them to give him a new contract now uh, just yet because I think he's got more to prove, especially with his durability. Uh, but it'll be interesting. And I, and I do think today as well, David, and we got about a minute and a half before we got to take our first break, I do think today as well, uh, this defense uh, needs to come up big. They need to really pressure Joe Burrow, and they need to take that Cincinnati offense a little bit out of its game. Yeah, uh, well, Joe Burrow is actually the most sacked QB in the NFL. Right. He's been sacked 51 times this year. Mad Max has eight eight sacks. Yannick Ngakwe has 10. So getting the Joe Burrow is going to be huge too, but I mean – uh, he didn't have a huge game the first time they played back in November. Uh, Joe Burrow had 148 yards, and they still won by three scores. This team is so, this team is so versatile. Uh, Jamar Chase only had 32 yards in that game. Yeah. That was the third least of, of the season. Joe Mixon was the star of the show in that game. He had 123 yards. He had two scores. 
Uh, I think they're going to have to stop the ground game too. I mean, they did a good job of containing Burrow and uh, and Jamar Chase in that first meeting, but they got to stop Mixon as well. I, I I find it hard to see a path to victory for Cincinnati if the Raiders can get to all three of those guys. Yeah, I agree. And and the and the the, the Bengals have really switched it up. They were much more run heavy earlier in the season, and now they've been very pass heavy. So if the Raiders can can get in there and pressure Burrow like they can and like that I mean the defensive front for the Raiders has been excellent the last three weeks and, and a huge reason why they're in the playoffs so if they can continue that today down at Paul Brown Stadium then I, I like their chances and I'll, I'll give you my prediction later which I think Raider fans will like but I will say this I will say that the Raider fans that are out there at Paul Brown right now you talk about diehards it's cold out it's cold here in Ohio it's cold in Cincinnati and there are no bacon wrapped hot dogs which Raider Nation loves. But what there is is uh, chili Coney dogs, the Cincinnati chili. I know Raider fans are enjoying some of the local fare. So we'll, uh, we'll enjoy that, and we'll talk more about it later. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I will be joined by Jeff Branson. He's the senior writer for Bengals.com. We're going to get the lowdown on where the Bengals are now and the team the Raiders will line up against uh, later today in this AFC playoff game. You're listening to the Silver and Black today, only here, special edition, Saturday on The Fan Las Vegas. Silver and Black today, game day is on. Welcome back, Silver and Black today, game day here on The Fan in Las Vegas as we get set for the big playoff matchup later this afternoon out in Cincinnati between your Las Vegas Raiders and the Cincinnati Bengals. And to talk about the Bengals, we're bringing on a great writer, senior writer over at Bengals.com. That is Jeff Hobson. Jeff, thanks for being with us. An exciting week, I know, for the Bengals, for the whole Who Day crowd out there. Looking forward to this team getting back in the playoffs and winning a playoff game. Yeah, thanks, Scully, for having me on. appreciate it. It's, uh, you know, for, uh, back uh, the previous decade, they went to five straight of these things, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they went to, they went to uh, seven playoffs under Marvin Lewis. So it wasn't exactly an anomaly for this club to get there. The thing was, they just haven't been able to knock down the door and get a win. I think, uh, this, is, I think this team pits, uh, I think, the team with the longest throw against the team with the fourth longest throw. <laughs> so something's going to fall. A brick is going to fall, but there's no doubt that the uh, this town's really excited. I mean, it's a great, uh, really great to see. It's a football, you know. It's a uh, it's known for baseball, the birth of baseball in Cincinnati. But uh, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like being in Ohio when a team when a when a, when a football team hot. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, obviously, you had the University of Cincinnati this year, which was great. Of course, Ohio State, always good up the road. And then high school football, so massive uh, throughout the state of Ohio, including down in Cincinnati. It's, it's great, great stuff. Now, what's, to me, ironic about this, and it happens, you know, in the playoffs, is two teams that met in the regular season get to meet again. And that's what we're seeing here with the Raiders and the Bengals. But from the Bengals' side, that game against the Raiders, that win against the Raiders was significant for them. And they were coming off two losses and a bye and they were sitting at five and four they go out to Vegas they win that game of course you had Joe Mixon with the, the best game that he had out there as well uh, talk about that win particularly the first time against the Raiders and kind of how that set off that back half of the Bengals successful season yeah I, I mean it changed this season I mean my my argument was the first play of the second half the first half ended with Burrow getting hit 
on on the knee, on his surgically repaired knee. Mm-hmm. He went off. First play of the second half, he hangs in the pocket, hangs in the pocket, hits the stage for a 17-yard game. To me, that ignited their second-half uh, run of the season. If they don't win that game, they're they're in trouble. I mean, they're you know they they had lost two in a row. They were coming off the bench, lost a bad game to the Jets. They blew an 11-point lead with seven minutes left. They uh, came back and lost an even worse game to the Browns. They got blown out. They were hanging by a thread, you know. They, they beat the Raiders with the exact same record of five and four, and uh, they won it. Tough game in a row. It's always tough when you go against Gus Bradley, you know. Uh, he gives you nothing uh, easy, and uh, they had to grind it. And um, you know, it changes. You know, if they don't win that game, they're not sitting there. So uh, they came back, and Mixon went for one sixty-five for a career high against Pittsburgh the next week. And it also proved that they could win that way. That's mm-hmm. why it was another jelly was because of the way they won it. They got a career low from Burrow, 148, but they yeah. were able to win because they called on their defense and their running game. So a significant win in many ways. Well, and you talk about Joe Mixon, too. I mean, on the on the season, 1,500 yards. It's the most yards from scrimmage in 16 years. I read in your story uh, over the last couple days. He had 1,205 yards rushing. That's the most in 12 years. Uh, and so there's no questioning that this team can run the ball and that Joe Mixon is a fantastic player. But what I'm struck by, and I'd love to hear your point of view on, Jeff, is it seems like that first half of the season, including that Raiders game, um, they really did. You know, Joe Burrow wasn't lighting it up, so to speak, in that that game particularly. But then since that time, the balance between run and pass has seemed to shift it a little bit. It's still good, uh, but it used to be much more heavy uh, on the run side. And now they're passing, and Joe Burrow is having, you know, the last two and three weeks has been on fire and, and the hottest quarterback in the NFL. Uh, it, it, what what happened there with this team that there seemed to be that kind of switch and, and Burrow found his, his kind of niche and he found his groove to where they can now do both really effectively? Well, it's interesting. I think the running game for, you know, right now the Raiders are running the ball great. They're running it a lot better than they were when the Bengals were out in Vegas. I mean, Jacobs is a great. I, I think Jacobs is one of the best backs in the league. He's terrific. And now he's, he's not hurt. He's healthy. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't think it's maybe, there's no coincidence that he's healthy and they're running the ball and they've won four in a row. He's a really good back. And, uh, and he's playing a lot. And, and, and he's healthier, obviously, than he was when we saw him. So, and, and Joe hasn't had it, you know, since he went for a buck 65 against the Steelers on November 26th. It's like you said, he hasn't carried it 20 times and he hasn't got more than 65 yards. And, you know, part of this thing is they get, they, they take what they give you too. Yep. Uh, they got, they got behind, they got behind early to San Francisco and Los Angeles, which kind of took Joe out of the game. And then, uh, Baltimore and, uh, Kansas City, you know, they were able to beat those, they, you know, the Baltimore secondary was a riddle. You and I were back there. <laughs> and that's, and that's when he got the 525. And, uh, it was easy picking because he was a practice squad secondary. And the way the Chiefs played, the Chiefs played, you know, they played man. Joe thought he could pick it, and he did. And, uh, you know, they didn't have to rely on the running game. But, you know, I think, obviously, I think they're going to have to. They're going to have, it'll be interesting to see. That's the big question for me. Can they turn the run game back on after not doing it for a month? And they're going to have to run because Gus is going to, Gus, I would imagine, is looking at the, is looking at the stat sheet from November 21st and saying, well, this is right. I mean, Joe's mm-hmm. longest completion, Joe's longest completion was 17 yards. Yeah. So no big plays. If you can do that for the Bengals, you know, you'd think that's the way you want to play it. So I would imagine you'd want to play something like that. And, uh, 
he may say to them, to the Bengals, look, you haven't run the ball in a while. Uh, you dare you to run it. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But I would think that given what Joe, what Farrell has done, he's the hottest quarterback on the planet. Uh, he's done, he did in back-to-back games what no one has ever done with 400 yards, eight touchdowns, and no pick. Nobody's ever done that anywhere at any time. And you would think that Bradley would, uh, you know, he would uh, throw us what brought him to the dance there, that great, <laughs> that great cover three, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's what's interesting. By the way, we're talking to Jeff Hobson. He is the senior writer over at Bengals.com. I was actually at the Baltimore game in Cincinnati and saw one of those performances and saw some of the nicest throws and catches with Jamar Chase that I've ever seen. And I'm always struck by Joe Burrow uh, in in his second year with with the injury, with the fact that he is so confident. Now, it's not a cockiness. I know some people sometimes misread, but it's it's, it's a quiet confidence that you usually see from a very veteran quarterback who's kind of been there before. Talk a little bit about the maturation of Joe Burrow in a short period of time and what is making him so good and build that confidence. Well, he has been there. He, he did it in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did it in high school. He, he, he took a a very you know a very unknown program. I mean, I know it's high school ball, but it's still he took Athens County on his shoulders and had greatest season ever. You know, and then he went to LSU and had the greatest. You know, was talking to Drew Brees about this today. It's uh, the greatest uh, season a quarterback ever heard in college. It was the undefeated national title season, so he's done it. And not only that, he's got a guy that he did it with. I mean, I don't think that can be underestimated. He's got Jamar Chase with him. Those guys, mm-hmm. even before Chase got here with the fifth pick back in the spring, they'd already had, you know, a thousand hours, a hundred hours, hundreds of hours together in on the field and in the uh, classroom. So, I mean, you can't, you can't buy that, you know? So, uh, plus the guy, you have to look at the guy. I mean, the guy's, uh, you know, he's a, uh, He's, he's already a pro, you know what I mean? He's a pro. <laughs> yeah. He's a, he's a stone cold killer. He's <laughs> one of those, you know, he's one of those guys. You know, he's one of those guys. He doesn't want to beat you. He wants to take your hat out. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's a special personality. He's a special player. Yeah, and, 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 and I'm struck, too. I know uh, looking looking at the stats uh, like we all do and seeing that you know Joe does so well under pressure. So he actually has a higher passer rating when he's blitzed. And, of course, you know Gus Bradley doesn't blitz. I mean, it's, 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 it's sort of like Christmas. It might come down one, once a year. Um, and so you look at how, that, how the Raiders' defense is going to match up against Joe Burrow. What's the challenge for Burrow uh, knowing what you saw in the first game versus where he's at now, where this Raiders defense is at now, which is much better up front. Yeah, they're better up front. on, the better up front. I mean, he's got to go, got to remain patient. I thought that was the huge factor. It was a big reason why they won the game on November 21st. He's still was patient. Hmm. He didn't try to beat that cover three, and he's going to have to do the same now. You know, he's going to have to, you know, they've had great success going the last couple of weeks, but, you know, he's going to have to take, a, maybe he'll have to take another buck 48 game and win, because Gus is not going to give you the big play. And, uh, you know, they're going to have to run the ball. I mean, they'll have to run the ball. And, and, and the Raiders are playing a hell of a lot better than they were on November 21st. So that's a huge challenge. You know, they're going to have to, uh, you know, the, the Bengals offensive line, you know, they don't have their starting right tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that, that's, uh, and even before that, you know, I think they've given up a franchise high 51 sacks. 
So, uh, you know, and that, this, this thing is going to be, we were talking about Farrell, we're talking about Chase. You know, we haven't talked about the match for the game, which is Max Crosby on Isaiah Prince. Yeah. That's the match for the game. The, 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 uh, the great edge rusher for the Raiders, and he is great. Uh, against, you know, a guy who's making his, uh, you know, seventh start in the Bengals. He's a second year guy. Isaiah Prince, the right tackle. That's, that's what this thing's going to come down to. I mean, uh, he's, I mean, we we're all watching the game Sunday night. I mean, the guy had, uh, across, he had like 11 pressures or something. He was in the, I thought he was like a 12, he was like a, like he was playing running back for the Tigers. I mean, I, I never saw anything like it. Yeah, it, it was amazing. And you talked, too, about the tools that he has. Uh, and you mentioned Jamar Chase, of course, who, to me, is the, the offensive rookie of the year. There's, there's no question, at least in my mind. Uh, and, but but the, the Bengals are just deep uh, in the receiving core, too. And he's been able to spread the ball around. Talk a little bit about that threat and, and how that's helped Burrow's, Burrow as well because uh, of the weapons they have all around the offense. Well, yeah, I mean, it was about that time. That was, about, that was a stretch where... You know, uh, uh, they were really taking away Chase, you know, and, that's, mm-hmm. uh, 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 and that was one of those games. But then right after that game, you know, T. Higgins began to, uh, you know, he had hurt his shoulder early in the year, and it took a while for him to get his feet under him. But then, you know, he went off. Uh, I, you know, he started to go off, actually, at the Jets game on, on, on Halloween. And then he ended up going, you know, he ended up getting a 1,000 yards. I mean, because he, he ended up getting, you know, four out of five games, he had 100 yards. So, you know, people were covering, you know, there were people were shading the chase and, uh, he just went nuts. So, uh, that's, that's the beauty of it is, uh, you know, okay, you're going to take away chase. Fine. Well, you know, we'll hit, you know, we got another thousand yard receiver hit. Okay. You're going to, you're going to try and play zone. All right. Well, we get Tyler Boyd, who is, you know, one of the best slot receivers in the game. Oh, and by the way, we get Joe Mixon, who is, you know, the third leading rusher in the, you know, for the AFC. So. Mm-hmm. What you know, it's, 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 it's as much as a challenge as the Raiders' defense is. It's just as much as a challenge uh, these guys, I would imagine, for for Bradley to figure out what he's going to take away. Yeah, and, and Jeff, in the couple minutes we have left to you, too, the, the defense, I mean, if I look at some of the matchups here, uh, and of course, Darren Waller is a beast of a player. He, he was trying to shake some rust off last week against the Chargers, uh, so he was not as effective as far as catching the ball. Of course, he was a, a great decoy, had to occupy the Chargers defense. Um, but you look at the Bengals and what they're going to do, you, you expect Waller to, to fire up a little more uh, during this game in Cincinnati. Uh, what, are the, what are the Bengals, what's the plan for them to... I I know they have Trey Flowers. They have some other guys. Who who do you think is going to be matched up with Waller and we should watch uh, in today's game? Well, I, I, I just don't think, you know, Waller's going to kill you. You know what I mean? <laughs> Waller's great. You know I mean? He's one of these guys, you almost have to say, look, you know, he's going to get his buck 15, the other, but you can't let Jacobs go on mm. and you can't let Pro go on. You know what I mean? Because it's just, I mean, Waller, you just can't match up with him. I mean, he, you know, he's too big for... He's too big for safeties, you know this. He's, he's, he's too dippy for linebackers, you, you know. You see it. I mean, the guys, uh, the guys are deep. So, and he went for five. I'm not mistaken. He went for one sixteen against the, the the Bengals the last time. Mm-hmm. He had the uh, and that in his thirty one yard catch got him back in it. You know, got that kind of that touchdown. That they, you know, people forget this thing was a sixteen thirteen game, eleven minutes left. Yeah. So, you know, so let's you know that that's a very deceiving score, thirty two thirteen. But, uh, you know, Wallers, you know, Wallers, you know, they, they're going to do what they do. I mean, what people do, they're going to play sometimes the safety, sometimes the backer, sometimes the corner. You know, it's not going to be the same guy. The one thing that is interesting 
a guy, Trey Flowers, who, who can't make a really good waiver claim pickup in October. He's 6'3", long guy. He's had 40, he started 40 games for the Seahawks. He's started four games in the playoffs. He's played four games in the playoffs. He's a, he's a complimentary player here. But they used him the last couple weeks, and he was in a very nice guy. He helped do a good job on Kelsey. Kelsey only had 25 yards. You know, mm-hmm. that was a big job on him. But that Flowers is kind of a safest kind of guy. He's 6'3". So, you know, he only he only played one snap last, uh, last time he played out in Vegas. He played 13 against the Chiefs. I figure he'll probably get a little longer look on Waller. But look, you're, you're not going to think, you know, I mean, Darren Waller is a great player. And, uh, you know, the, the, to me, you got to make sure, to me, you know, yeah, he's going to hurt you. He's going to make you bleed a little bit. He's going to make plays. So you got to make sure Jacobs doesn't go crazy. You got to make sure Renfro doesn't have a hundred yards. Yeah, you know, no doubt. They can play really good. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I think it's uh, the game's going to be really exciting. I mean, I, I just that, I'm so impressed with that Bengals offense, the defense too. I know we didn't get a lot of chance to talk about it, uh, but the, the Bengals are a stout team. They're young, they're confident. Uh, in in watching the media and the coverage that you've provided all week long, uh, you can just tell they got that swagger, and that's exactly how you want a team like that, Zach Taylor's team, to go into the playoffs. Jeff Hobson, senior writer at Bengals.com. Jeff, enjoy the playoff run, and we appreciate you being with us. Joey, enjoy it. Have a fun time. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. There you have it. From the Bengals' point of view, Jeff Hobson, just a great guy. Uh, Bengals.com senior writer. Uh, interesting conversation. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I'll be joined by my co-host, David Stepanian, and also my colleague from VegasSportsToday.com, and, of course, Mr. Mike Dixon. We will finish up. We'll give you our predictions. Here we go, Raider Nation. It's the playoffs, baby. Playoffs coming up 1.30 p.m. You're listening to Silver and Black Today Game Day only on The Fan in Las Vegas. Raider Nation is fired up. It's Silver and Black Today Game Day. Welcome back. Silver and Black Today Game Day. We're counting down Raiders on the frigid Ohio River Cincinnati Bengals Later today, 1.30 p.m. Pacific, 4.30 p.m. Eastern Times. Yes, Cincinnati is in the Eastern Time Zone. It's a cold day here in Ohio. The Raiders are ready. Will they become victorious? Will they win their first playoff game since the last time they went to the Super Bowl? That was 2002. There are 20-year-olds out there that have not seen the Raiders win a playoff game. So hopefully that changes later today here in Cincinnati. All right, Scott Branson with you, and I am joined by David Stepanian, and then also my partner, my good friend, Mr. Mike Dixon, VegasSportsToday.com, as, long, as well as other ventures. He's a great photographer involved in so many things, uh, boxing, you name it, music. He is joining us as well for this final segment. And, Mike, I'll start with you. The Raiders, here we go, 18 years, and now, well, actually almost 19 years since their last playoff win. I asked David at the top of the show, and I know you're close with a lot of Raider fans and and some of the players, how big of a deal is this for folks knowing it's been so long? Well, it's it's obviously very, very huge for the organization, especially with the season that they had. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I do believe for the city of Las Vegas, um, obviously, if the, the Vegas go tonight to continue on this path, they, they, they're going to make it to the playoffs. The Aces made it to the playoffs. So it's only right that the Raiders make it to the playoffs and win a game. So I, I, I believe it's really huge for the city and this organization. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. The other thing, I know you and I were texting back and forth uh, this week about the Rich Passaccia thing and what this coaching staff has did. We saw Adam Schefter on Thursday report that uh, Basaccia has told people uh, that that he doesn't believe he's got a chance to keep his job. Uh, we've heard other reports, of course, about the Jim Harbaugh hiring. We've wrote, written about it on the thing. We've also seen reports that Mike Mayock won't be back. Um what do you think about this with all that has happened this year with, with the tragedy, with the, the controversy and the injuries and all of the other things that have been circling around this team, those two guys, do you think they have a fair shot? Do you think they should have a fair shot? Where do you stand on that? Okay. Well, right now, in my personal opinion, I, I feel like the Jerry Stiller on Mike Mayock because we don't know who all of his draft selections were because of the John group in it. They shared, obviously, opinions on certain picks. And also, they had a lot of misses, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't know who's really held accountable for those picks. However, I, I do believe that Richard Pisaki, for him to step up and obviously in those turmoil times for the Raiders, um, week seven, and, you know, with the, the loss of Gruden being fired and obviously Henry Ruggs. But um, if Richard Pisaki gets this win, I, I believe he, there's a strong possibility that he can – and remain the head coach for the Raiders. Wow. Um, he, just, he just has to keep his team focused and win the first playoff game and do not get bounced out of the playoffs. Dave, what do you think, man? Do you agree with Do you agree with uh, with Mike that that if if Bisaccia wins today, that that um, he's got a better chance and he should stay on as head coach? No, I I don't think if he wins the wild card game, I don't think uh, he has much of a shot. I, I think. To, talk, to, to have the actual conversation of Pisaccia keeping the job, he has to at least get to the Super Bowl. Mm. If he gets to the Super Bowl, maybe even beating the Titans next week, then you could start to maybe talk about it a little bit. But I think you got to get to the big game and you got to win the big game on top of that to actually have this discussion. Yeah, and and, and that's where I about the AFC Championship. Yeah, no, see, see, I, I'm I'm with you there, Mike. I think if he got as far as the well, AFC yeah, Championship. What's that? If, if they can beat Tennessee next week, because the winner <laughs> of this game plays Tennessee. Right. Well, so if, te- if, if Tennessee wins. Tennessee, oh, yeah, Tennessee's off. They're, they're the bye week. Yep. Yeah, t- Tennessee's off. So whoever, if they can beat Tennessee, if they can, look, if they can go to Cincinnati and then they can go to ten- Tennessee and beat both of these teams, then maybe we can start having this discussion. But I think you got to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And, and really get to and, th- and that's why I've said that he doesn't really have a chance outside of, yeah, going very deep in the playoffs, AFC championship type game, because that would be unbelievable. At the same time, even then, my point of view is this, for example, and I'm going to use a weird example. You know, you sometimes you have presidents, it could be at the national level, it could be a governor or whatever, and they have to step aside for whatever reason. And so the vice president or the lieutenant governor steps in uh, for the remainder of that person's term, right? And then they have to run again. So so to me, if Rich Basaccia is running to then take over that vacated spot from John Gruden, he's got to show the quote-unquote voters, in this case it's one Mr. Mark Davis, uh, that he can do the job in every way possible. And I think that the head coaching job in the NFL is so different because uh, you not only have to coach on the field and get the, the players and understand who they are and relate to them, which he obviously does, and, and the, the, the team loves him, uh, but running the operation as the head person uh, is, is different when it's your job and it's full time and you have to do it. So I think that 
I think that it's hard. I think he's auditioning in the playoffs. So to me, that's why I think you got to go deep to be considered. And then, then you're still going up against a guy like let's let's suppose it is Jim Harbaugh, Mike. If it's him, uh, uh, then uh, if it's him. And, and, and that's the kind of person you're up against. You look at Harbaugh's record in the NFL, three consecutive uh, NFC championship games. He's won in the college level as a head coach. He's won at the pro level as a head coach. So the Jim Harbaugh thing is hanging over his head. The Raiders job is going to be the most coveted job in all of football. Um, if you still, even if he gets you far, I mean, do you, do you weigh that? Do you say, no, he earned it, so you got to give it to him? Or is it not, I got to give it to him? Me, I, I would give it to him. Obviously, he had like several weeks on the job training as a head coach. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you truly understand the personnel inside that locker room. Um, again, he kept the team together despite all these challenges that they faced. And is it, but can he continue to win? And um, I, I want to take this back to when, when Gruden was first fired. Um, there were reports around like the, the NFL network that um, if John Gruden never received that head coaching job with the Raiders, um, Versace was on his list. Mm-hmm. And this is based off what uh, Ian Rappaport said. Again, it's NFL reports, but that's just something to take into consideration because um, he, he spent a lot of time with John Gruden back to his Tampa Bay Buccaneers days. So, and also you can tell that the relationship he had with um, Mark Davis. Right. So those are the reasons why I, I think there's a strong possibility for him. But again, with the John Harbour, now, with John, like he, the rumors are out there right now that he's going to sign a contract extension with Michigan. Mm-hmm. But we all know Nick Saban said, I'm not leaving, right? Just to take it back to this back in the day with the Dolphins and he signed with Alabama. But, yeah. you know, it, it could be a drive using the Las Vegas just to earn more money as a coach. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and obviously the family, um, with his brother in Baltimore, it's you know he's he's done well in the the NFL. He's been the coach in the NFL, and and there's there's some reports that state that he'd like to get back in the NFL. So we'll see if it's just leverage or if he's really interested. But there seems to be some some uh, fire with that smoke. So we'll see. All right, let's focus on the game. We we have some time left together. We have about uh, uh, eight or ten minutes left. Um, we talk about today's game. I want to talk with you guys and, and kind of take both sides here. We heard from Jeff Branson from bagels.com in the last uh, segment. He talked a lot about the Bengals. We got a good sense for this, for who they are and where they're at currently in the season. Why are the Raiders – I'm going to ask both of you this question, and I'll start with you, David. Why do you believe the Raiders win this game today, if you do? Well, well I, I, I think this is a tough one mm-hmm. because – Cincinnati is just so good on offense, and Joe Burrow has looked incredible in his last couple games. I know they they rested pretty much all of their starters except Jamar Chase uh, last week, but no, Joe Burrow has looked incredible the last uh, his last couple games. I think the the key for the Raiders you you got to look at uh, the secondary. Mm. Um, they've been awful picking the ball. They have six interceptions all year, and that's dead last. Uh, they're the only they're only the fifth team to ever have a winning record with less than seven picks. I think the secondary, if they can get it together, you got uh, Nate Hobbs, Casey Hayward. I mean, if these guys can get it together and stop uh, that trio in Cincinnati, it, it's a scary trio. If they can somehow put the brakes on that receiving core. If uh, if the Raiders 
Derek Carr, keep it composed, keep it together. Um, if Derek Carr has a big game, doesn't let the cold weather get to him. Josh Jacobs plays the same way. Just basically keep doing what you're doing. Daniel Carlson kicking field goals. He's been clutch. If they just continue what they've been doing the last four weeks, pulling off upsets left and right, uh, they can they can win this game. It's just this is such a difficult spot for them. Mm. But look, if they just keep it focused, keep it locked, and just continue what they've been doing the last few weeks, I, I think the Raiders do have a shot at winning this game. And like we were saying earlier, this is the best match. This is the best matchup they could have possibly drawn in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. I mean, yeah, yeah. And, you, and, go ahead. Well, but but like, but if you want to look at it, so this is a rematch of a of a game earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bengals won that game thirty two to thirteen. I'm sure Carr has a chip on his shoulder about that, and Jacobs is going to play. I, I'm I'm willing to bet anything that Jacobs gets more than thirty seven yards on Saturday or today. I would find it very hard to believe that Jacobs. Uh, doesn't break 37 yards. Today. <laughs> so uh, I think we're going to get bigger games from everybody all around on, on the Raiders' offense. Yeah, no, it, it, it's a good point. And, and, and again, I mean, all playoff games to me are tough, right? Because everything gets d- taken up a notch. But, Mike, when you look at this game, uh, do you like the Raiders in this game? If so, why? And if not, why? Well, I do like the Raiders. Um, and if we take it back to uh, Week 11 when – they faced the Bengals. It was a very close game. Um, they didn't get that 13-point advantage until it was the fourth quarter mm-hmm. with less than five minutes to go. And if you look at it, uh, Joe Burrow, he actually had like an efficient game, a one touchdown, uh, 148 yards, 21, 29 pass attempts. So, and then, you know, everyone's talking Jamar Chase. But they, they felt to take into account that the Raiders' secondary actually – held uh, Jamar Chase to like two receptions and no touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So if the Raiders can stick to that cover three um, zone defense, and, and, and it also starts with that front seven too, you just get after Joe Burrow uh, because Max Crosby can buy that pressure. Same thing with uh, Yannick. So they have to continue that, I just said, that cover three zone defense, um, get after quarterback. Um, in, in addition to that though, I, I looked at a very unique stat. When Joe Burrow is lit, his passer rating is at 122. And when he's not being blitzed, it's 102. So it's like a, I'm sorry, 104. That's like a, a 18 point increase in QB uh, um, passer rating. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's just like, hey, stick to what you do, stick what got you there. Now, if we take it to the other side of the ball, and, and over the last four weeks, Josh Jacobs, get him over 20 plus there. Get him 120 yards. Get that touchdown. Stay physical. Do been working for you that and, and that's my uh take on the Raiders and I, and I believe that they can win this game yeah that's it okay we got about 30 seconds left predictions uh we'll start first with Mike give me your score prediction what happens in Cincinnati here today at Paul Brown Stadium Raiders win 21-18 21 all right that's that's in in range with what I'm thinking go ahead uh Dave what do you got uh I just think Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, these guys, it's just going to be too much for the Raiders. I, I think Joe Burrow lights a cigar in the locker room after this game. Uh, <laughs> Bengals roll over the Raiders, 27-20. 27-20. Bengals. David has 
Uh, so I know where his money's going because the, the line was at six, uh, and he's sticking with it. And, and the under, of course. I like the under. I love the under. Uh, listen, this is what I'm going to say. I've been going. I've picked against the Raiders the last four weeks. I really have. So I learned my lesson, guys. I'm going to say the Raiders are going to gut another one out. I think it gets a lot harder after this one. This Bengals team, to your point, David, stocked on offense. I think a little bit of the weather. I think uh, being on a big stage, a young team, a young quarterback, as good as Joe Burrow is, I think this is where the veteran nature of Derek Carr, even though he hasn't been in the playoffs, uh, I think this is where they went out. I think the Raiders are going to eke this one out, and I think they're going to eke it out 23-21 to and move on. So there you go. I know it's going to be a tough one, but I, I look forward to watching the game here with the rest of you guys in Cincinnati. It's going to be a fun one coming up at 1.30 p.m. Pacific time. All right, Mike, David, thanks, you guys. Appreciate you being with us here on the pregame show. Hey, thanks, thanks for having us. This, this game is going to be very fun. I, I'm looking forward to it. All right, there you go. Mike Dixon and David Stepanian. I appreciate it. Uh, And for everybody here at The Fan, Raider Nation, enjoy the game, and we will talk to you next week. Hopefully after a Raider victory, we'll be back to our normal day on Sunday uh, with Silver and Black Today game day only on The Fan here in Las Vegas. Take care, Raider Nation. Enjoy the game.